Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and his church, grow in faith and understanding of God's word, and serve in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to attend any of our three services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Take your Bibles open to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, as you're finding Exodus 20, let me remind you, this is the last Sunday you can give through us to Ukraine. I've been asking you now for a few weeks to pray, and because of our partnerships in Europe and Romania especially, uh, we've got some network with, uh, we've got some networking with some churches in Ukraine, and we're going to ask you to give money to go towards either refugees that are coming out of Ukraine or that will go into uh, churches located directly in Ukraine. And I can assure you that every penny you give is going to go. Uh, it's going to be delivered at some point in the next couple of weeks. There's a mission team already uh, ready to go, and they've got kind of their itinerary and everything set up. I've been told that the church we partner with in, Ukraine, in Romania now, I told you last week that a lot of women and children were coming through trains. Now some of those refugees are starting to make their way into the city, into Kirtich, where we do ministry and where we partner with this other church. And so the church there has opened up their church and a lot of their homes to these refugees. And so we want to help them as much as possible. You pray about that. You can give online under uh, Donate and then Ukraine on our website, or you can put a check in the basket. Or if you wanted to drop one uh, at the office, uh, you could do that uh, before you leave. Just write Ukraine on the bottom of it. And we would love for you to be generous and we're going to give everything that we can to help those people out. Now, Exodus chapter 20, we are continuing in our study this morning through the book of Exodus. We've come to the point that the children of Israel have been led to Mount Sinai. Moses has gone up on the mountain. He's receiving the Ten Commandments, and we're walking through those uh, verse by verse, commandment by commandment. We've covered the first four commandments. Today is going to be the fifth commandment. So let's just review, and then I want to kind of show you something interesting the Lord has done. First four we've already covered. They all relate to how we're going to hear from the Lord, how we're going to relate to the Lord, how we're going to interact with the Lord. And then the next six, beginning in the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, are all about how we relate to our neighbor. I think it's interesting that on a day we have four baptisms and are going to dedicate 11 children that we're studying honor your father and your mother. I think it's a neat way the Lord kind of set that up. We didn't plan that. I, I really wish I could tell you we had. We had so much forethought and so much planning. We planned this, but the Lord just worked it out like this. And you don't know this, but we had so many kids <laughs> that want to be dedicated, so many families dedicate babies. We're doing maybe 13 today. I lose track of the numbers. I think we've got 13 today. And in a few weeks, we had so many, we had to do another. We've got another 11 we're going to dedicate in several weeks. So we've got about 24 kids uh, that we're going to dedicate. The Lord has blessed us. We're so excited for these families. I think it's just neat that on this day, we're doing the baptisms and the dedication. The Lord has brought us to this text, honor your father and your mother. So I'm going to jump right in this morning. There's a lot for us to talk about, a lot for us to cover. We're just going to look at one verse this morning. We're going to look at one verse and one of the commandments Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Here's what the scripture says. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, before we really get into some detail and kind of work through and think through this, I want to back up 
and give you kind of a 30,000 foot view because there's a lot of truth that we need to understand and some foundational things we need to get before we really get into the meat of this commandment. So here's the first truth I want you to see and then I'm going to show it to you scripturally. Number one, the family was God's idea. The family was God's idea. Now, we're walking this morning through the commandments. We're walking through the fifth commandment. I think it's pretty interesting that the Lord gave us the first four commandments dealing with him. Thinking about the Sabbath and honoring him and not making idols, not taking his name in vain. And then as we begin in commandment number five, kind of the second half, it's going to be how we relate to people. And I think it's very interesting that the first commandment we get as it relates to people goes through the home, right? So in other words, we we learn to love our neighbors first in our home by learning how to obey and honor our parents. And so we see this picture of order. We see this picture of faithfulness. We see that from the beginning, God has ordained the family as I would argue kind of the foundation of society. Now there's a couple of different directions we could go here. The first one is we could say something like this, and this is kind of what the world says. They would say something like the the family uh, was kind of constructed by society. It was society's idea. Uh, They ordained it. They established it. And because it was society's idea, then society gets to define it. Society gets to change it if they want to. Society gets to help us understand what the family all to be. I would argue instead of saying that society has defined the family, I would say instead that the scriptures have defined family, right? God from the beginning ordained the family as the foundation of society. And I think we see that in Genesis chapter 1. So I'm going to read a few verses from Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Here's what the scripture says. Then God said, he's already created all the things. He's created the heavens and the earth, all the plants and the animals and the fish and the birds. Then verse 26 of Genesis 1, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So here's what we see in Genesis chapter 1. God created man and woman. He brought them together. He ordained the first marriage. And he ordained the family by saying, listen, I'm going to bring you together I'm going to bless you. I'm going to tell you to be fruitful and to multiply, right? So so foundational to God's created order is the family. Now watch. God created and ordained the family before he created and ordained any other institution. The church, the government, schools, whatever you want to think about part of our society, before any of those things came to be, God created this idea of marriage, one man, one woman. He ordained them and said, listen, you're going to create a family. You're going to be fruitful. You're going to multiply. And so it's within the home, right? It's within the household. It's within this relationship between husband and wife and father and mother and children that God teaches us the idea of relationships God teaches us the idea of trust. 
God teaches us the idea of obedience. It's in the home that children learn all these things. Now, Al Mohler, who's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, said it like this. He said, our relationship with our parents in terms of the most formative period of our lives will to a great degree indicate our relationship with God. We either come under the authority of our parents willingly and we respond to that authority with a spirit of rebellion. Our response to our parents indicates how we will respond to our creator, right? So God has given us this plan. He's given us this order. He set it in place with families, with mom, with dad, with children. Now let me just kind of pause for a second because we're kind of talking about the ideal model here. Right, we're talking about maybe the, the perfect model in Scripture. We all understand that not everybody lives in that context. And so I want to speak to you just for a second. If you're at home watching, welcome. We're glad you're with us. I want to speak to you. You may say, listen, I hear these teachings. Uh, I get that. I want to live all that. But that's not exactly what my family looks like right now. Right? There's a thousand different things we could think about and different ways we could take this. But listen, you're saying my family doesn't quite look like this. What do I need to do? Here's the truth you need to get, no matter where you are right now. No matter where you've come from or what's happened in your life or whatever things you've kind of walked through, wherever you are now, whatever your family is now, that's where the Lord has placed you. And so within the context of your family right now, if you're a single mom or a single dad or a blended family or whatever it looks like, God has placed you in that context of family. And it's within that context that you need to trust the Lord, you need to train the children, you need to put Christ first in all things. So it doesn't really matter exactly what it looks like. All that matters is you put Christ first trusting him, allowing him to be the center of all the things that you do. Right? And so we see this picture of the created order. We see this idea that family is the foundation of society. Let's take it a step further now. Here's the second thing I want you to see. The family is the primary place children learn about God. So we see that the family is ordained by God. It's his idea. He created it. He started it. He formed it before any other institution was ever, ever formed. And it's within that context, it's within the family that the children learn about the things of the Lord. Now, the scripture is very clear here. The children are called to honor their father and their mother. Now, I want to read what one writer, actually a couple of writers, says about this word honor because it's important for us. Here's what one writer said. The choice of the term honor carries with it a range of connotations far broader than the term obey. To honor is to prize highly and to show respect. Another writer said honor means to respect, to love, to obey, to respond with obligation to parents. This is a fundamental duty. Now some of y'all are, are probably here this morning or maybe you're home and you're thinking, finally somebody's going to tell my kids to behave, right? Finally, we've got a sermon that's going to tell my son or my daughter to behave, to listen, to do what I tell them to do. Now, I'm going to get to that here in just a few minutes, I promise. But I want to make a point that I think it's important for you to get and to understand. I want to be very clear about this. The children are called to obey. The children are called to honor. I'm going to get to that. But children don't learn this on their own. I'm sorry because that hurt some of y'all's feelings. Now, you got to train them to do it. And so in as loving a, a way I can say this, um, it starts with you. 
So if your, your kids are, are maybe not honoring and obeying and, and maybe not doing the things they ought to say, listen, they're sinful. I'm going to get to that. I promise. I promise they're sinful. But it starts with you. It starts with how well you're leading. It starts with how well you're teaching. It starts with how well you're training. Here's what one writer said about the Christian home. The Christian home is to be the first school, the first church, the first government, The father and the mother are the schoolmasters in the home. It's our responsibility to make sure that our children are knowledgeable about the Word of God. It's to the shame of any Christian father or mother that the children of the home would be ignorant and immature and knowing the things of God. Right? God has given parents, God has given mama and daddy great responsibility within the home, right? So let's think through this just a little bit. We're going to get to kids in just a minute, but let's think through what the parents ought to be doing. Now I'm going to read for you Deuteronomy chapter 6. We read it this morning. I've preached through it before. You've heard it before, but I want to read it again because I think it's awfully important as we're thinking about parenting, as we're thinking about children, as we're thinking about this is the foundation of society to be reminded of exactly what the Lord called the children of Israel to do. Here's Deuteronomy 6. Beginning in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Just a side note, parents, you can't teach what you don't have. But you're going to teach your kids to love the Lord. It needs to begin in your heart. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now the world would say to you, you need to let your kids make their own decisions. I'm sure you've probably heard that. In fact, we live in a world where that, in my opinion, has kind of gone crazy. At any age, at any point, let your kid make any decision they want to make. The Bible would say, instead, you need to teach your children the things of the Lord. It doesn't really matter what society says. The Scripture is clear. And so I'm going to give you just a few things, right? Some of these are are, um, obvious, and some of them may not be for you. But here are some things the Bible teaches we ought to be doing as parents. The first one, very simply, is to provide for and to protect our children. That kind of goes without saying, right? I think most of us kind of get that. Another thing we ought to be doing on a pretty regular basis is we should be praying for our children. I've said this before, but the Lord revealed something to me many, many, many years ago. My kids were real little. He kind of revealed to me that if I'm not praying for my kids, there's a real chance nobody else is either. Because y'all are busy with your own stuff. I get it. I get it. You're not praying for other people's kids. I mean, I know you do occasionally. If something comes up, we pray for each other. I get it. But on a day in, day out, regular basis, if you're not praying for your kids, nobody is. I can remember my kids were really little, still in a crib, and I would go in at night sometimes and just sit and just pray for my children that the Lord would bless them. And I would always pray the Lord would teach them to love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and they would serve him all the days of their lives. That's basically what I'd pray for my kids, right? We ought to be praying on a regular basis for our children. We should be encouraging our children. 
Right? You should be the biggest cheerleader. You need to push them, and you need to make sure they work hard and do the things they're supposed to be doing. But within that context, you ought to be encouraging them. You ought to let them know that you're proud of them. One of the best things you can say to your children is that I love you and I'm proud of you. Right, Dads, your sons need to hear that. Sometimes that's not the cool thing to do, and sometimes we don't quite know how to do it emotionally. But your son needs to know that you love him and that you are proud of the man he's becoming. You need to say those words to him. We need to encourage our kids. We should correct and discipline our children. Right? We should always be thinking, how am I going to mold? How am I going to shape? Listen, we're not raising children. We're really raising adults, aren't we? Amen. We're trying to teach them how they're going to one day live in the world. Not based on what the world says, but what the scripture says. And so we're thinking through how do I mold, how do I shape, how do I train children so that one day when they're grown up, they're going to be a man or woman of God that the Lord can use for his honor. We ought to be teaching our children on a regular basis, right? We ought to be teaching them. You say, I'm not a trained teacher. I, don't, I, I get that. You don't have to be a trained teacher to teach your children the things of the Lord, though. You can teach them how to love the Lord. You can teach them how to serve the Lord. Because if you don't already know this, the world is trying to teach them a lot of things. Right? The world's trying to teach them a lot of things. And if you doubt me, just get on social media for a couple of minutes. There's, there's a ton of stuff they can learn out there on social media. And so as a parent, you've got to be intentional. You've got to be grounded. You've got to be aware. You've got to be on a regular basis, kind of in control, monitoring, teaching, training. Joshua chapter 4, I love this story. Bible talks about the people of Israel, and we're studying through their kind of wandering through the wilderness. They're going to go through for 40 years. Eventually, the Lord's going to send them through Joshua. Joshua's going to lead them. Moses doesn't. Joshua's going to lead them across the Jordan River. And when they get across, the Lord's going to command them to build a memorial. I want you to listen to the words in Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you. Lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then verse 6, that this may be a sign among you. Now listen, when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Right? They created this memorial so that when the kids asked, the parents could answer. Right? We need to be prepared on a regular basis to answer the questions our kids are going to ask us about the Lord. We need to be ready, moms, dads. We, we need to be ready to tell them what the Lord has done in our life, the faithfulness of Christ in our lives. We need to be able to tell them the story of all the things the Lord has done for us. And that's why I love what we do with our baptisms. That's what I, why I love what we do with our, our baby dedications. We're creating these markers, these moments in the lives of these families, moments in the lives of these children they can point to, they can remember. We give every kid a little vial full of the water from the baptistry and the rag that we use when they go under the water. Why? It's a memorial for them. That's all it is. It's nothing fancy. It doesn't have any sort of magic connotation to it. It's just a little vial of water and a little rag, but it's a memorial for them. Right? It's a reminder of the faithfulness of the Lord. As families, we need to be doing that. 
We need to be shared what the Lord has done. Dads, your kids ought to hear on a regular basis how the Lord has worked in your life, how much you love the Lord. Moms, you ought to be telling your children how the Lord has blessed you and all the wonderful things he's done for you, right? So we see this picture. God has ordained the family. He created it first. Within the context of the family, we're called to train our children, to teach our children, to lead our children. That's where they first learn about the things of the Lord, where they learn about the world. Mom and dad, your responsibility. Here's the third truth. We're going to get now to kind of the the, the meat of this and, and really what this passage is getting at. Truth number three. The family is the place children learn to honor and obey their parents. The family is the place children learn to honor and obey their parents. Now, the fifth commandment is very clear. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You need to see a couple of things here. The first one is this is mom and dad, right? We don't get children. We don't get this opportunity to to play mom against dad. I know none of you would ever do anything like that. I know that would never even cross your mind, but we need to be careful that we, mom and dad, don't let our kids play one off the other, right? We're on the same page, mom and dad. We're together. We're unified in our front and the things we say to them. They know we're on the same page. And the Bible is filled with this idea of obeying parents. And so I'm going to speak for just a few minutes. I've, I've spoken about the big picture of Scripture and the family I've spoken to your mom and dad. Now I'm going to talk to you. So if you're under the age of 18, just raise your hand. Anybody under the age of 18, raise them high. Quite a few, a lot, a lot of kids. I'm talking to you just for a few minutes, okay? I'm going to talk to you just for a few minutes. The Bible's really clear, students, about obedience. Now, you may not want to hear this verse in Exodus chapter 20, but there are lots and lots of others that say the same thing. For example, Proverbs 6, 20, my son Keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teachings. Proverbs 23, 22. Listen to your father who gave you life. Do not despise your mother when she's old. Leviticus 19, 3. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. Right? And then Paul takes this idea in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, and he kind of takes it a step farther. And he says in verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now listen, I'm going to speak to our students just for a few minutes. I want you to listen to me, okay? I know sometimes your parents get on your nerves. I get it, right? I get it. I have four children, three teenagers. I now have three drivers in my house. Prayers appreciated, by the way. Thank you for that. So I get it, but I'm going to give you a revelation, kids, just for a minute. You may not have thought of, students, teenagers, can you believe your parents were once your age? Some little minds are just kind of blown right now, like, what? Huh? Yeah, they were your age. They actually lived through the things you're living. Students, teenagers, your parents went to high school. Can you believe that? Can you believe that your mom and dad went on a first date? Can you? I know that. You don't hear that. It's kind of gross. Your your parents have kind of been there and done that, right? Mark Twain says this. I love this quote about Mark Twain, thinking about parents and children. He says, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. 
But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he'd learned in seven years. <laughs> it's amazing how the older you get, your parents seem a, maybe, a little, maybe they're a little smarter than I thought they were, right? Amy and I laugh sometimes. We look at each other and we're like, we don't know how we ever survived before these kids came along. How do we even know to tie our shoes without our kids in the house, right? Because they inform us of everything we should know, everything we should do. I told Lydia I was going to tell this story. You know, when kids become teenagers, parents aren't nearly as cool as they used to be when they were little, right? And they go through this phase, kind of middle school and into high school. And Lydia turned 16 this week. And so I told her, I was like, honey, I'm going to bring you lunch to school. I want to just celebrate your day with you. I want to come and just show you how much I love you. And let's just have a good day today. I'm going to bring you lunch. What do you want? She said, I mean, I want something for lunch, but can you just leave it in mom's room? I'm like, no, no, no. I want to, I want to come in the lunchroom and I want to, no, can you just leave it in mom's room? I mean, but honey, I want to come and eat. And she said, dad, no parents ever come and eat in the lunchroom. Just leave it in mom's room. So guess what dad did? He just left it in mom's room. I guess she enjoyed it. I guess she liked it, but I wasn't quite cool enough to sit with her friends and have lunch with her. But listen, students, you need to understand God has given you parents to love you, to help you, to train you, to teach you. So students, here's some things you can do, right? As we think about honoring and obeying, you should listen to your parents. There's a lot of wisdom in that old head, I promise you. There's a lot of wisdom right there. You should have conversations with them. Right? I know that's shocking to some teenagers because you don't even want to see your parents, but you should talk to them. You should listen to them. You should answer them with more than just a grunt. Okay? You should understand that they are given to you as a gift from the Lord to teach you and to train you. Listen to them, ask their opinion, honor them, obey their wishes. You're like, okay, I get it. I don't like it. I get it. I hear what you're saying. Why, though, Pastor Adam, do I need to do these things? Two reasons. One, the Lord commands it. Students, and students, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to save you a lot of trouble in your life right now. The sooner you learn to, to obey the word of God, the better things are going to go with you, period. You need to figure out what God's calling you to do, and you need to do it, right? So the first reason we're going to obey a parent is because Scripture teaches it to us. But the second reason we're going to do it is because we're given this promise. Obey, honor, that it may go well with you, that you may live a long life. Ted Tripp wrote a book called Shepherding a Child's Heart. Amy and I read that when we were young parents, one of my favorite books. If you haven't read it, I'd encourage you to do it. But in that book, Ted Tripp talks about this circle of blessing. And he says it's kind of like this area of protection, right, kids? And the Lord has given you this area. And when you're obedient and honoring and doing what mom and dad say to you, you live within this circle of blessing and protection. When you step outside of that and decide, I'm not going to do what mom and dad say. I'm not going to honor them. I'm not going to obey them. Things don't go well with you. That's what scripture teaches. And so we're going to honor our parents because scripture teaches us and tells us to. We're also going to honor our parents because the Bible says when we do, things are going to go well for us. Kids, obey your parents. Why? Because God has created a home. He's given you parents. He's given you a place of trust, of peace, of honor. The Bible is clear. Parents, diligently lead and teach your children well. Children, honor and obey your parents. When we do these things, the Lord will be honored and he will bless our families. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. 
It's very clear. It's understandable. It's challenging to us. Father, I pray for this passage of Scripture with all these moms and dads and children and grandparents and grandchildren and aunts and uncles right now in our worship service and listening from home. Father, I pray this fifth commandment, the idea of honoring and obeying our parents would resonate with us. I pray that our our families, our moms and dads would lead well, would lead intentionally, I pray our children would obey and honor. And when we do those things, Father, we pray blessings upon these homes. We pray blessings upon these families and upon these children. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time of worship. Be with us now during our time of invitation. May you receive honor. May you receive glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.